Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to Book Realities, our series of interviews with authors and today we're joined by Dean Boswell, author of The Order of Elysium, the first in a trilogy of urban fantasy novels. Hi Dean, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey Ian, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. For anybody that doesn't know about Dean Boswell or indeed hasn't read your books yet, what is The Order of Elysium all about? Uh, Order of Elysium is a urban fantasy. It's about angels and demons and the Order of Elysium that has been raised by the angels to defend humanity against their war. But as you go deeper in, it's actually about, you know, the human side of the Order of Elysium and the, the, the challenges they have to face as being essentially still human. Fantastic. And as a human, what about Dean Boswell then? What do you do when you're not writing? What are you up to? Where do you live? Tell us all about yourself. I live in Australia. Western Australia. Um, I'm a gamer. I'm into all kinds of different games. I'm very eclectic like that, but I've also recently gotten into Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which is a time pit as, you know, in and of itself. Um, I'm a security officer by day. I manage a site local to me. And that job as a security officer assisted you in actually writing your first book, didn't it? It did, yeah. Um, before I became a manager, I used to do shift work. Um, and I did a lot of night shifts and weekends. So I had a bit of free time. And when I was able to, I could I could do a bit of work on that. And yeah. although we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, um, obviously I said that it was a trilogy. So the second book, when you released the first one, you told me that the second one would be hot on its heels. But actually, your family circumstances changed somewhat, didn't they? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I originally planned uh, a year for at least getting the draft all done up. Um, I released Order Elysium two years ago. I had all these plans about marketing. I had a, I was going to do all this, you know, all the footwork for going to brand bookstores and stuff like that. Uh, very excited. Had, but uh, then my wife walked in and gave me the news of our daughter on the way. So my priorities shifted a little bit, and my plans for my book kind of to, t- to say they took a backseat is a bit of an understatement. So your priorities completely shifted and yeah. the last two years, rather than producing the second book, have been playing. Uh, the last video I saw on your social medias was playing bubbles with her, I think, which seemed a lot more exciting than writing fantasy thrillers. But there you go. Yeah, definitely. Very good. So when you were a little boy, did you always want to be a writer at some point or did this come along later? Well, as a kid, I was very interested in fantasy and that generally kind of always came back to writing and just ideas about writing. And even as I was in a, as a kid, uh, year seven, which would have been, I think 12, I was put into a, uh, a course for, for writing for, um, for kids who, who needed a bit of an extra challenge at at school. Uh, so that was, that was really a bit of a push there. And I've always, something I've always been interested in, uh, but it's only to the most recent years that I really, pushed as to something that I really wanted to do on a more professional sort of level. So when you got to that point, 
and you decided to embark on the Order of Elysium, where did you get the idea from? Even though you're grounded in gaming and you're grounded in fantasy, regardless of the medium, to to come up with a band of humans that assist angels is a is a leap. So where did that come from? Well, it's it's interesting because I my 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 focus on fantasy was high fantasy, you know, dwarves and elves and that sort of thing. But the idea for Order of Elysium actually came from my love of like mythology, in particular Norse mythology. And in Norse mythology, there's these things called inheritor, and they are best of the best warriors picked out by the Valkyrie upon their deaths and they're brought up to Valhalla to fight and train until the end of the world comes along. So I sort of took this idea of these hand-picked warriors and brought them into a, a, a like a modern setting. That's fantastic. And have you kept certain traits from those Valkyrie warriors or have you completely transformed them or have you taken the core of them and dropped them into the modern day? I've taken that as its core idea and then just added in mythology all over the place from, you know, Greek and, and the more modern stuff like, uh, you know, Christian Christian texts and things like that, obviously, because, you know, angels and demons. So it, it's all, it comes from elements from everywhere. Fantastic. And how long, we've, we've spoken about the second book being delayed due to little Buzzwell running around, but how long did it take you from the opening idea to presenting it in draft for first edit to us? Uh, that's uh, book one, five years total. That's not bad, um, considering that was being written part-time while you were doing night shifts, etc. Well, I mean, the first three, three and a half years or so was actually just while I was not even serious about it. Um, it was only until I, me and my, my wife got together and she read it and she really liked it and she sort of pushed me to, to do it. And it's only when it was finished, you know, two years later that, yeah, I realized that something I actually wanted to do. So when you said that your wife uh, gave you the encouragement, was that because you were, you'd been writing it, but you were not convinced it was good enough to become a book? Or was it that you were shy about showing it to anybody else? Or what, what held you back? I think it was a bit of both. And just sort of knowing how much work would actually go into it. And I wasn't, I didn't really know that I wanted to put that work into it for something that, I didn't think would actually do that well. And when you sent it in to us, we initially, with the first three chapters of the submission, we thought it had a huge amount of merit, but we obviously knew that you had to work with an editor. So what was that process like working with an editor, which I think lasted for about six to nine months? It was an extended period, yeah? As a first-time author, especially working with an editor is something that not a lot of authors really can get into because it's so confronting having someone look at your book and tear it apart. But ultimately, the editor was her expertise and her knowledge, and the way she conveyed that to me was very encouraging. So your editor um, was Juliette Lachmeyer, yes. yeah? That's right, yeah. And the way she sort of explained everything to me, she didn't just say you know this needs changing because i say so it was this needs changing and this is why and it was more of a conversation about how to improve my book rather than and you know someone coming along and ripping it to pieces so it was a surprisingly positive experience and i'm very glad i did it 
Uh, well, I must admit the, the proof of it was when we all turned up at Supernova uh, in Perth just this year. And for someone who thought that their book might not do too well, uh, how many did you... I mean, you were going through quite a lot of Quill ink signing your books off during the morning and afternoon sessions. Yeah, well, that was a very surreal experience. <laughs> to my surprise, it went really well. Um, I sold my entire everything i bought i sold out except for four copies which i actually sold uh in person a couple of days later very good and one of the things about supernova that definitely stood out for me was the attractiveness of the cover simply by being a lure for people to come over and ask questions about the book so that idea of don't judge a book by a cover is nonsense because that's exactly what people do but your cover is on spot for your genre it's a very striking image so again where did that come from where did the ideas come from how did that come about well that actually is i did more clinical research into you know my genre what people sort of subconsciously expect and what they subconsciously receive from what they see on a cover I worked with uh, Lily Dormashev. Um, she was the one who designed the cover. I worked with her and, you know, said, I want these elements. You know, I want, it's an urban fantasy, so I want some sort of skyline in the background. The angel, an obvious element. That's that's really what it came down to. It certainly worked for Supernova when people were coming over to to shift all of the books that you had brought bar four is is no mean feat for any author at any festival but with supernova with so much to see and do with so much passing foot traffic uh, to be able to get them across to to your venue is remarkable and then to have them engage with the book read the back of the book and then buy that book um, was all very good it also helped that you had a really nice quirk when it came to signing what was your quirk that i had a feather actual feather quill like an ink pot and everything so yeah. yeah i mean it was perfect for the festival that it was i think i think that alone having that on the desk sort of caught a lot of people's eyes too so with regards to people engaging with the book what's the best feedback you've had since you've published it um i think it's going to sound strange but i think when people get mad at me is the best feedback i get when they're angry that i've done something terrible to one of their favorite characters, because it tells me that I've done my job in getting them emotionally attached to those characters. So that's probably my best feedback. And I've also noticed regarding the characters that people are really invested in them. So there's been some good social media interaction where you've used an AI engine to to create the characters. Yeah, um, there's a, it's a site called Artbreeder. It's very fiddly, um, but you can get a very good idea if you spend quite a bit of time tweaking all the little settings and you're never going to get it perfectly accurate to what you've got in your head. But I've, I've posted uh, a picture of uh, Asha so far and she's pretty spot on uh, to what I, what I had in my head, of course, but everyone's going to have different ideas. Uh, occasionally writers tell me that yes people get invested in their characters but they also tell me that even though they've invented the characters even though they wrote them and they're not going insane but sometimes the characters have surprised them with where they've taken the plot off to or what they've decided to do within the story has that happened to yourself yeah that's actually a very, it's a very strange phenomenon and talking to non-writers about that is you, you, you do look a little crazy uh, but yeah definitely um 
you know, you kind of, you, you're in, especially when you're in the zone when you're writing and you, you've got, you've stepped into their shoes to write their scene and you're thinking the way they think. You're trying to feel the way they would feel. And then all of a sudden you're writing something that you didn't plan and, and it just sort of takes a mind of its own. Uh, and like that sounds sounds really strange um, if you're not a writer, but that's that's exactly what happens. I find that when characters decide to go off on their own and do stuff, you just kind of have to follow them and hang on to their coattails and hope that they end up somewhere that you can write them out of. Yeah, and you don't always uh, find yourself in that position where you can write write, write yourself, uh, you sometimes write yourself into a corner. And that can sometimes be a good thing because you can then see things from a different angle that you didn't quite expect um, that you you would go. So you put them into a problem area and then you have to figure out how to get them out of it, but staying within their character traits. Yeah, that's right. Excellent stuff. So when you said that you did a lot of research for the book, what was the most surprising or interesting thing that you discovered that you hadn't known about previously? What I what I found out, um, and this is something that's has always intrigued me, that a lot of mythologies have a lot of through lines, uh, despite certain cultures being so far removed. There are quite a few stories and quite a few ideas that they have in common, which makes it very easy to base, you know, stories off of because they they sort of write themselves now that you're a manager then and the second book's coming along which we should name by the way what's the second book called uh the vaults of erebus the vaults of erebus what's the actual trilogy series called uh the etheric wars trilogy and where did you come up with that title from i honestly can't remember <laughs> etheric is just sort of uh you know it's a it's an angelic sounding word so it, it seemed to fit now that it's in the process of being written, what's your writing schedule like? Are you managing to fit in five hours a day? <laughs> I wish. What I'm sort of focusing on at the moment is uh, restructuring what I've already written. I've gotten most of the draft done, um, but I was sort of struggling how to finish it. So I've, I'm able to spend a, a bit of time at home uh, just looking at what I've written, rereading it, and thinking, okay, this scene actually needs to go here and to make it flow better. So when I'm at home, I can spend 30 minutes working on that. So what advice would you give to writers starting out then with regards to fitting that writing in around a busy family and work schedule? As hard as it is sometimes, even you know, for someone who's been doing it for a while, um, don't wait for inspiration. Inspiration isn't always going to be there. And if you wait for it, you, you know, you're never going to finish. And you can't edit a blank page. Your first draft is going to be terrible. Well, maybe not terrible, but it's not going to be the best it can be. And no matter how many times you go over that one line that you're stuck on, it's not going to change it at the end. You're going to have to come back anyway. So you might as well write terribly and then come back and fix it because otherwise you're just going to bog yourself down and you're never going to finish. But when you do finish and you do get a book out and you go to the likes of Supernova and you sell and sign lots of them, what's the best feeling that you've had with regards to your book? My best feeling actually was well before then. Um, and that was when I got, when you gave me my first uh, physical copy of my book. You know, that was sort of a, a validation of all the, all the effort and time I'd spent on it to actually see it, that it was real, that it was something that was actually going to happen. Um, that was 
probably my my favorite moment so far in in my my journey fantastic and why did you decide and this is not me being egotistical by the way why did you decide to come to a small publisher well i had done a bit of reading up on you know traditional publishing and uh what they would call self-publishing and traditional publishing scared me <laughs> to be honest i didn't want to you know you hear those stories about even the famous authors today getting rejected a million times and like I don't think I could, I don't think I had the energy to do that. And even if I did, I didn't want to have to give up, essentially give up my rights to uh, a company, uh, you know, my intellectual property to a company and, and have little say and, 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 you know, little royalties for that. And then I looked at self-publishing and self-publishing sort of just looks like a mess. Like anyone could just write what they wanted and publish it up there and I didn't want my my work that I had actually put a lot of effort into to come across as something that was unpolished. So someone put me onto you guys, and you explained to me what you know independent publishing was, the hybrid, the the the, the middle ground for those two things, where I could I could keep my rights over my prop my intellectual property, and I would still be able to get the assistance and the help that I would need that I would get from a traditional publisher and and then some as as you've shown I think that's a perfect explanation by the way because you're you're right the old traditional model still works obviously it still works but you don't have to be a good writer to get traditionally published you have to be lucky mm -hmm. and the old fashioned version of self publishing you definitely didn't have to be a good writer to get published cuz you could publish any old stuff whereas we've moved into that middle ground of independence where you will employ an editor you will employ a graphics designer you will make your product the best it can be and it's also your product your intellectual property and your royalty rates are through the roof in comparison to the traditional model so well done okay so thanks ever so much for your time today but before we go if you're up for our book realities version of the actor studio questionnaire are you okay for 15 quick fire questions yeah i'll give them a go fantastic so dean boswell author of the order of elysium what is your favorite book uh the king killer chronicles uh patrick rothfuss and your least favorite book if you have one i don't have one what turns you on uh what gets me motivated is being amongst uh you know a creative environment such as supernova and and being around my friends and family and conversely what turns you off having to go to work <laughs> yeah summer or winter winter and on a completely free day to do anything you want who do you spend it with my wife lisa and my daughter mountains or oceans mountains what is your favorite movie the longest yard the original or the remake the adam sandler one okay one song to listen to for the rest of your life diary of jane by breaking benjamin okay who makes you laugh the most uh my daughter what smell do you love uh petrichor the smell of fresh rain on on the road
Okay. And what smell do you hate? Probably like diesel fumes, like carbon monoxide sort of smell. Other than a writer, what profession would you like to attempt? Software engineer or game designer? Computer scientist in, in some. And what profession would you not like to attempt? Chef. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you rock up at the gates? Still waiting on book two. Get back down there and start writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's not going to be that soon. I did, th- I did think you might say, oh, the Order of Elysium's over there. <laughs> you can <laughs> sign up tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Dean, thanks ever so much for answering those questions for us and taking the time out of your day. I hope that you can have a fantastic uh, last effort to get the second book, The Vaults of Erebus, out. But, you know, your daughter... She's much more fun to be playing with than the bubbles, etc. So I can see why you might get distracted. But thanks for taking the time. Don't worry, she'll be old enough. That she'll she'll be badgering me as well. So, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for having me. No worries. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility, as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best.